Welcome into Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf here, and the Knicks beat the Raptors 119 to 106 to start the weekend off right. I'm going to be talking about how Julius Randle had it going again, distributing the ball. In addition to figuring out a team that's given him problems in the past, Jalen Brunson killing it from three again and is is really starting to put up some some very impressive numbers for the entire season. So I'll get into that. Josh Hart had 15 straight points by himself. Dante DiVincenzo made seven three-pointers. Mitchell Robinson had four steals. Just a huge game all around for a bunch of guys again on the Knicks. I'll get into it right now on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome in to Locked on Knicks. And I want to remind you, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get started. And I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube. We appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. Make sure you hit that notification bell on YouTube or the auto-download function on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And I should also remind you that my name is Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Knicks site, The Strickland, as you can find at thestrick.land. Uh, and the Knicks beat the Raptors 119-106. to uh, To my eye, I think part of that was because they played faster than usual. And I think they were really at their best versus the Raptors in this game. It mitigated the length advantage that Toronto kind of always has over the Knicks. We've seen in the past, like the thing, even when the Raptors, you know, the last few years have been so-so, you know, they've not been their best selves, especially, you know, it's been a pretty, pretty big drop off the last few years in general since the the title team. But like, you know, they were still good for a couple years after that. And it's just kind of been like this gradual decline of like, they don't have enough ball handling, but they have tons of length. They just have a lot of like really long players that can disrupt you on defense and all that stuff. And the Knicks are not a team that has a lot of length in it. That they seem to be extra bothered by a team like the Raptors most of the time. But I thought the Knicks just did such a good job of playing super fast, of making their decisions quickly, of keeping the Raptors on their toes the whole time rather than ISOing, letting themselves get bottled up by this team. And then if you get bottled up against the Raptors, like forget about it because that's where they're at their best. They have quick hands. They're, you know, super long athletic guys that, you know, can get their hand in there, get the ball loose, can block you inside. Like anyone from like two to five on their team is is a better than average shot blocker, in my opinion. Um, so it's just a, a a really smart way to approach playing this team on offense. Uh, the Knicks end this game with 30 assists, which was tied for their single game high this season. And Randall and Brunson especially stood out, getting the inside, kicking out to open teammates. Uh, Brunson, I actually, I think as much as he helped with getting inside and getting it out too, he was great in transition, which I'll get to in a minute. Uh, he was really good at kind of keeping things moving on those swing sequences that Randall was setting up. Randall was doing really well with, you know, getting inside, getting doubled, kicking it back out. It was just a really good uh, game for both those guys, I think, for both the the biggest stars on the Knicks. And then the Villanova trio is really finding their way. 60 points combined in this game. Um, and those three and Randall 
in the third quarter really sparked a huge run for the Knicks. So uh, I like that. There was just constant motion going on there. Lots of cutting, lots of, uh, you know, hitting three pointers. And, you know, like I said, kind of starting the entire action from Randall being in the post, trying to draw a double, typically succeeding, and then kicking it out, getting the sequence started around the perimeter, whether it was Josh Hart hitting a three or driving in, whether it was Brunson doing the same deal, whether it was DiVincenzo basically just spotting up and hitting threes in this game. Uh, it was just a, a really good look on offense, which I'll, you know, I'll get into more with each individual player breakdown. But on defense, I thought that they really took advantage of the fact that Toronto doesn't have a lot of guys that are great ball handlers up and down the lineup, and they force guys into awkward situations like that. You know, they pretty much have, like, Dennis Schroeder, and, like, that's it. You know, they're relying a lot on, on like, Siakam and uh, Ananobi and Scotty Barnes, especially to handle the ball and, and initiate offense. And I just don't know if that's the best way to utilize those guys. You know, I think that I think it would be a lot like if the Knicks had Randall bring the ball down every time, which they don't, you know, they typically now get Randall involved in actions. Once you get set up in your offense and they still have a Brunson to bring it down uh, or, you know, quickly or whoever else. Whereas the Raptors kind of just have Schroeder who's, Never been exactly the strongest like game manager of a point guard anyway, uh, coming down and doing that. And then they also, you know, have Scotty Barnes and guys like that. I thought the Knicks did a good job of kind of taking advantage of that, forcing guys into awkward situations, forcing them into situations where they had to make a quick decision, and then taking advantage, creating, you know, creating turnovers that way. And, you know, just kind of taking advantage of what the Raptors were willing to give them. They also were more willing to surrender the three in this game, which was super smart as well. You know, sometimes that bites the Knicks, but I think it was fine because like Toronto isn't the three pointing three point shooting team. They used to be, they shot six of 32 in this game, which is like 18%. And they're shooting 33.7% so far this year, which is second worst in the NBA. So smart decision by the Knicks to kind of say, Hey, we're going to funnel them inside. We're going to let Mitchell Robinson handle all this and deal with all that length around the rim. And he did great uh, as far as forcing them into compromising situations there. And then when they would panic and say, oh, no, we need to kick the ball to, to the perimeter, you'd either kick it out and get a brick from three or kick it out and you know potentially right into the waiting arms of a Nick who's waiting there to play the passing lanes as they've been so good at this year. Uh, that's a, a stat I wanted to point out because this was something that I said before the season that I thought might be an uptick for the Knicks this year. And so far as bearing fruit, the Knicks are up to 7.9 steals per game this year, which is now 12th best in the NBA. So they're in the top half of the league now in, in steals generated per game, way, way up from their 6.4 steals that they had per game last year, which was 28th place. So uh, this game just kind of underscored that, you know, they were, they did such a good job playing those passing lanes, turning that into transition opportunities, but mostly just playing the Raptors in such a way that would, expose every weakness that they had on offense and it was it really worked uh also the knicks you know i mentioned that they were getting out in transition and sorry i just i got down a stats rabbit hole in this in this one so i'll get into individual players in just a second but the knicks were 14th or are 14th in transition frequency this year which i found interesting they're up from 17th last year but they're also tied for third in points per possession in transition at 1.19 this year which is fantastic i mean that's that means yeah i mean if anytime you're over one point per possession in pretty much any category you're you're doing really well for yourself but 
like to be around 1.19 that's crazy uh also they have the lowest turnover frequency and transition in the nba 8.5 percent so i really just think you know what this tells me is that those active hands on defense combined with extremely efficient transition offense have really been a revelation for them this year uh, so I hope they keep that going, you know, not just against the Raptors. I mean, I think it becomes a little harder to employ the defense that they did in this game effectively if the other team is a better three-point shooting team. Um, but against the Raptors where they had that the runway to do that and the, the latitude to do that because of how bad of a three-point shooting team they are, I think it was a really sound strategy uh, and really did well for them. So... A lot of, lot of great positives to see in this game. Really good game to like build some momentum towards the in-season tournament, I think, where you're going to be facing a Milwaukee team that has better shooting than this team, but also, you know, can be exploited in some of the same ways, I think. You know, they rely on uh they rely on some some bigger guys to handle the ball and stuff like that. But you know, you do have to, you're gonna have to cover the perimeter a lot better against Milwaukee. So I, I hope they take some of the things away from this, like the transition offense, because they're another, you know, Milwaukee's another team that can bother you with Giannis and Brooke Lopez and and Chris Middleton and all those guys, uh, as well as all the, you know, three and D guys they've surrounded Giannis with there. But, you know, it, defensively, I hope that they have a little, a little bit of a, a better strategy as far as defending the three point line. But, you know, we've seen the Knicks are pretty good at, adjusting their defensive scheme for what opponent they're facing more so this year than in the past. So I, I hope that they're ready for that challenge against Milwaukee uh, on Tuesday. I want to talk individually about Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart, Dante DiVincenzo, Mitchell Robinson, RJ Barrett, uh, all the the guys that are still left to talk about individually in this game uh, and get into some of the, the nitty gritty on them. But first, I got to remind you all that today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. And, you know, the, the certain things happen sometimes that can, you know, make medicine hard to come by when you really need it. Uh, supply chain shortages, natural disasters, things of that nature. You know, that you never know when the unexpected is going to happen. And that's why it's the unexpected, right? It's not the, it's not the expected, it's the unexpected. Uh, and, you know, we, we kind of come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life. But, you know, sometimes there's there's real life situations, um, you know, where you you need medicine and you can't get it. And, you know, it's a, a situation where you need antibiotics or, or whatever the case may be. Now, I think you should always still get a consultation from a doctor, whether it's like a telehealth or, or whatever you're able to get. But, you know, in a situation where there's been, you know, we're not immune to like hurricanes and stuff up here in the northeast and whatever where there's a situation where you can't, or even just a giant rainstorm anymore has a tendency to flood Brooklyn or flood, I, I live out in New Jersey, whatever. But it's good to potentially have those medicines that you need so you can just do a telehealth appointment and you know have what you need on hand to treat yourself in a situation where uh, where things are, are more dire. Uh, so Jace Medical offers the Jace case, which is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. So you could be prepared for that. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. So go to jacemedical.com and use offer code Locked On to get $20 off your order. All right, and back in to continue talking through this great Knicks win over the Raptors. And 
I thought Julius Randle was the first guy I want to talk about again this game. You know, I've been I've been really impressed with how he's playing lately. And, you know, how he plays against the Bucs in this next game will be a huge test for him. I know that's a matchup that he's sometimes had uh, trouble with in the past. So I want to see him, you know, really show out against the against the Bucks and against Giannis and all that. But for this game, I mean, he kept it going with it, the really good play that we've been seeing from him lately. 20 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists, flirted with a triple-double again, 8 of 15 shooting, so he was efficient, was only 1 of 4 from 3, but didn't press the issue too hard there, which you like to see as well. And, you know, I think that Toronto's length really bothers Randall uh, more so than maybe anyone on the Knicks. I think maybe it's like, like RJ has a really hard time with defenders like that, and Randall does as well sometimes. And RJ, I'll get to probably last of everyone here because you know everybody's really concerned about his shooting or whatever. Uh, but you know RJ has that uh, had that trouble in this game, I think a little bit. Randall did not. I mean, I think that he just found a blueprint for how to beat a team like this with guys like that, which he just uses pure brute strength. You know, he just kept getting a shoulder into Siakam or Ananobi or whoever happened to be defending him, he just created enough space to get off a, you know, at the very minimum, like a get off a mid-range shot, which was really falling for him in this game. And honestly, like for him and Brunson especially, I've got no problem with them going to that mid-range shot, even though it's not like the blueprint efficient shot in today's NBA. Like it, it, those two guys have so much talent from that range that I have no problem with. Like if as long as they're hitting, in any given game, just continuing to go to that well. And he certainly did. He he just kept getting a shoulder into someone, creating that little bit of space he needed, and then going out for that mid-range shot, which is smart, rather than going to the hoop and you know potentially getting blocked every time because they do have all that length around the hoop. You know, Just create the space you needed, take it from you know 5 to 10 feet or whatever instead of you know trying to get all the way to the hoop and potentially getting blocked. I thought it was a really smart strategy for him. Uh, Toronto also kind of tried the same thing that like 90% of Nick opponents have tried lately by aggressively doubling Randall in the post. And he just kept his streak going of making great reads and leading the team in assists again. And he just, you know, consistently was getting the ball deep. And, you know, that was kind of what he was doing when he would get it all the way down towards the hoop. Toronto would go, okay, like he's right next to the hoop time to collapse, got all the way in there and they would send a second defender. And then Randall, always had his eyes open, always was able to see someone in the corner or always just kind of knew that they were going to be there, was able to kick it out to the corner or sometimes up top, you know, behind him, whatever the case may be, and, you know, get the ball out to somewhere productive, which then turned into a lot of made buckets for the Knicks. Uh, lastly, for for Randall, he was smiling. I thought that was that was uh, something worth noting. I, I don't know. This was like the happiest I think I've seen Randall look in pretty much this whole season. So... You know, I hope we see more smiles from him. He's uh, notoriously a little grumpy sometimes, and uh, I think I think this game looked like a good turnaround for him, having fun in a game and really, you know, showing it on his face, emoting a little bit. Um, I like to see that. I would like to. I would like the whole team to be happy and emoting and you know, dapping each other up and having a good time the whole game. So, I like seeing that out of Randall. Uh, Jalen Brunson had more that I like to see as well. Uh, 22 points, eight assists, five rebounds, three of eight from three, nine of 21 shooting overall. Uh, I thought that Brunson also had a really good scoring game, not quite as efficient as Randall, but all in all, you know, kind of just stirred the drink like he usually does, took his attempts and, you know, was was pretty efficient with it. Three of eight from three, you'll take that all day. 
uh, you know, stretching the defense with those three-point attempts. I thought he really utilized his lightning quick release in this one to torch the bigger Raptor defenders when he happened to have them on him. That would happen a lot during like swing sequences around the perimeter. Uh, you know, he would get it with just a little bit of space and and take that really quick release to make sure that he got his attempt off. But once again, I, th I thought he did a really good job distributing as well. Uh, transition is going to keep coming up for me in this one because uh, I think that it, transition was so key and Brunson was key to making transition work in this game. Second, he would get the ball and it was a transition opportunity. He just was head up looking for his teammates and would find one of them, whether it was DiVincenzo in the corner for a three, quickly in the corner for a three, Josh Hart in transition, um, you know, driving to the hoop, like uh, Julius Randle, I think twice he hit in transition for for dunks. Uh, maybe the one wasn't him. One might have been RJ, but either way, I mean, I thought he did a really nice job just keeping pushing the pace, always having an eye out for the open man and finding the open man plenty of times, eight to be exact. So uh, that was really great from him. Other than that, he was like the only guy who consistently had a not freaky long matchup on him, you know, because the the Raptors, they'll play like Scotty Barnes as their like two man, you know, or whatever you want to consider him. But, you know, it'll be like Barnes, Ananobi, uh, Siakam from two to four, and then Jakob Pertl, you know, manning the five, and then Schroeder as the one. So, you know, Brunson was the only guy that had someone on him that's below average NBA size, and he definitely took advantage of that. He had his usual array of like awesome moves in the post when he got a chance to, um, you know, just the the jab stepping, pivoting, you know, getting his shoulder in the shooter, whatever, creating a mid range look for himself. So that was really good to see as well, um, and smart to try to you know keep that favorable matchup on Brunson as much as possible, and then you know uh, utilize it and abuse it whenever you can. Uh, also, I I looked up just because we're getting real close to the quarterway mark of the season. One more game, we would consider it probably the quarterway mark. You know, twenty out of eighty-two would be the next game, so pretty close. But don't look now. But Brunson is currently sixth in the NBA in three-point percentage, uh, forty-seven point four percent for the season this year. He's third in made threes with sixty-three, and he's only nineteenth in attempts with one hundred thirty-three. So that's just super, super elite for him so far this year. Hopefully, that doesn't calm down. I'm sure that at some point he'll go through like a mini slump, but I mean, if he can keep up like 42% from three this year and keep that volume going and maybe even jack the volume up, that would be great for the Knicks. He's on pace right now for 271 to 272 made threes this year, which would absolutely shatter Evan Fournier's record of 241 from a couple years ago. So fingers crossed that a uh, more, no offense to Fournier, but a more beloved Nick can, can, uh, reclaim that record again after it was John Starks's for like 30 years became Fournier's and now Fournier two years later is not even in the rotation on the team anymore uh so we'll see if maybe Brunson can can reclaim a little history for the Knicks this year uh but I want to talk about speaking of history uh, it wasn't really super historical but Josh Hart had 15 straight points in this game that was pretty cool so I want to talk about that Dante DiVincenzo's seven three-pointers made which was great as well Mitchell Robinson doing work on the inside again uh with tons of defensive stats to to show for it and RJ Barrett who is struggling a little bit but I don't think it's quite as dire as a lot of people seem to think uh so we'll talk about that in just a sec but first I got to remind everybody that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. And as the weather's getting colder, the NFL offers are staying hot on FanDuel. 
Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And I, I pump it up every single time I do this read, but it's my favorite feature. Same game parlays. That's what's and more. They're so fun. You can go into a single game, put together a multi-leg bet that you wouldn't normally be able to put together without this feature. So you can say like, oh, I think Julius Randle is going to have over seven and a half assists. And I think Jalen Brunson is going to have over 20 and a half points. And I think Dante DiVincenzo is going to have over three and a half made threes. And while all those things by themselves might not pay out huge, you combine all of them and, you know, the decreased likelihood with each individual thing that you add makes it so that FanDuel gives you a bunch more money if that hits. So if you're smart and you know your team, like we know our Knicks, you can go in there, place a multi-leg bet and say, I feel pretty confident about this all happening and make a good deal more money than you would just by betting on things individually. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and you can keep working through the NFL season, but New York sports-wise, maybe you just want to pay attention to the Knicks right now. FanDuel, it's the official partner of the NFL. All right, and I'm back in to finish talking about this Knicks win over the Raptors. I want to talk about Josh Hart now. 17 points, 7 of 11 shooting, 8 boards. He scored 15 straight points in the third quarter. Crazy production for him. I mean, obviously, the 15 points straight was the highlight of the game for him, but he did a little bit of everything that he does at his best during that stretch. Uh, so I'll just go over each one of his baskets they made for those 15 straight points because I, I honestly thought it was a really – it was like he just kind of – opened up his bag and took out one of everything uh so first off he drove in missed a floater but then got his own rebound hit a second one so that's pretty stereotypical josh hart great rebounder uh good at those second opportunities so does that first then hits a corner three off a nice randall feed this uh this josh hart stretch really really helped out randall's nine assists for the game uh cut for another hoop off of a randall feed on the next one just great instincts randall got doubled in the post and Hart just cuts straight down the middle, gets the ball, goes up for a layup, and hits it. Then hits a three above the break on the left side. Uh, then caught it off the perimeter off a of Julius kickout and attacked that closeout to get all the way in and score again. Uh, so another another good instinct there from him to you know utilize the fact that he had made uh, a couple threes already and was getting that attention, and then get all the way in. And then makes an above above the break three from the right side. So hits from both sides. It was just really really great for him. Um, I, I loved the whole, the whole stretch. Um, and I'm sure that everybody did, but it was, it, it kind of happened quietly other than the fact that the announcers were announcing it, but it was just cause he was doing everything in his usual way of just being efficient, uh, you know, taking the right shots, not forcing anything. It, it worked really well. Uh, I think that he clearly has confidence issues from three, like Josh Hart has literally said as much recently where he was saying he's not a catch and shoot guy, but I mean, he could really fool me lately. Like, he's up to 35% on three attempts per game now. If he could just hold steady there, I mean, he doesn't have to shoot, like, 40% on, like, eight attempts per game or anything. Uh, you can leave that to Dante DiVincenzo, who I'll talk about in a sec. But, like, if he just shoots 35% three attempts per game like he's doing right now, I think that's more than enough to make teams respect him, create enough pressure that he can then attack closeouts, which is where he really shines with getting inside, with kicking it back out to the perimeter, uh, with all the various things he does when he's not shooting threes, but at least is getting respected from there. Uh, so 
you know, props to Josh Hart. I hope that this all keeps up because the Knicks are going to need that. Uh, speaking of things the Knicks need, Dante DiVincenzo, 21 points, seven of nine from three in this game. And I think we're really starting to see the ideal version of DiVincenzo. He played with energy the whole time. Um, there's not like a ton to break down as far as what he did in this game because it's, he's maybe the most consistent player on the team as far as what you get from him on a night in night out basis. You're going to get energy on defense. You're going to get him playing the passing lanes. You're going to get, um, you know, him staying glued to his man, regardless of if he's outsized a little bit. And of course you're going to get three pointers, um, which in this game was, he was doing more than, you know, anytime this season, Um, this is super lofty, but like, I really do think, with the way that he hit shots in this game, getting it like, uh, you know, in transition, you know, getting bailouts, uh, you know, late in the shot clock, things like that. And with how quick his release was in this game, it gives him almost like a Clay Thompson-esque effect on the game. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I think that when he's hot, it, you know, you can really tap into different ways of three-point shooting with him than we've seen on this team in recent years, which like the bailout is one thing, but transition Three-point shooting is huge, and the Knicks have kind of struggled with that in past years. You know, you, you'll have fleeting games where it works for Quentin Grimes or it works for Emmanuel quickly, but DiVincenzo, with the way that he's shooting lately, if he can keep it up, that transition three-point shooting is such a huge skill to have. Like, there was one point where he literally, he got the ball in transition in the corner, and it was a nice, a nice feed from Brunson in this case, and I think he could have reasonably put it on the ground and just gone all the way into the hoop and gotten a layup, but... He knew, the team knew, everyone knew he was so hot right there that it just made more sense from the shoot to three, and he hit it um, off that that transition look, and that's then you get three points there instead of two, um, and it's way more backbreaking in terms of the other team, you know, seeing that go down. So uh, I thought that that was great, and I think that's just a, a nice little wrinkle that he's kind of adding to this offense right now, especially in transition with that great points per possession and the fact that the Knicks are, you know, getting out in transition a little more than they have in the past. Transition three-point shooting is like one of those skills that the Knicks have lagged on a bit in recent years as the league has gotten more into three-point shooting. I think DiVincenzo kind of unlocks that for them. Uh, Mitchell Robinson had a good game as well. Again, not a... A huge statistical game for him, six points, five boards. You know, five boards is pretty low for him. Normally he just gets that in offensive rebounds, but he also had four steals and a block in 32 minutes. Uh, I don't know how much more there is to say about Mitch's D at this point, except maybe that he's having like one of the least concerning dips and blocks ever. He's having a, a career low uh, 1.4 blocks per per game this year, uh, which is, is different for him. Um, but he's having a career high 1.5 steals per game. So I just think he's, he's constantly blowing up plays on the inside. Um, you know, he and, and Isaiah Hartenstein, both are doing that, you know, getting steals, generating, you know, deflections that lead to Nick's transition opportunities. But really he just like, even if he's not getting blocks, guys just refuse uh, to do anything on the inside against him. Like part of the reason I think he's getting more steals is because he's such an intimidator blocking the ball that, guys get in there and then they go, oh man, I got here now, what do I do? Because I've got Mitchell Robinson sitting here on the inside. And that leads to him then, instead of getting a block, that guy will second, you know, make a second, uh, uh, or have a second thought about taking a shot and then, you know, go up for it and then change his mind, maybe midair or maybe, you know, halfway through his, his steps to the hoop and then go, oh, maybe I should kick this out instead. 
And then Mitch is ready to go there too with active hands, either stripping the ball right out of the guy's hands or or using those like go-go gadget arms to reach out and get it uh, as the person's trying to pass it away and you know deflect it and get the break going for the Knicks. So he's blowing up plays constantly. Um, you know, I I I love what he's doing. I think if the Knicks defense holds up as a top 10 unit, he definitely needs to get defensive player of the year consideration. Um because he's he's the the guy that's making that happen for the Knicks. Uh also Grimes and RJ Barrett both had really nice feeds to Mitch at separate points in this game. So I hope that like I we say this all the time, but I hope that the Mitch and RJ pick and roll comes back more often because that was always really effective at getting both those guys going. And I hope the Grimes Mitch pick and roll comes up from time to time too to get all three of those guys a little more time to shine in the starting unit. I think Mitch is a really easy way to, you know, generate some form of action for RJ and for Grimes and get them moving, get them involved in the offense in a different capacity than just sort of receiving the ball in the perimeter and figuring it out from there. So hopefully that's something we see a little more often going forward. And, and you know, Mitch, even though he's not, like an offensive dynamo could potentially be, you know, a, a guy that, um, you know, it, it can get other guys going by virtue of the things that he's good at. Uh, speaking of RJ Barrett too, he'll be the last guy to talk about here, but he had the first seven points for the Knicks, uh, but then finished six of 18 on, on uh, from the field for 15 points, had four boards, six assists. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of panic, about his shooting struggles since the migraines and whatever, but I think he's still finding ways to contribute, even if the shot isn't going down. So I've not been super worried about it. Like last game, it was the free throw shooting um, against Detroit. This game, it was the assists and just kind of keeping the ball moving. I think he, he obviously wanted to show out in his hometown in Toronto, you know, cause he's from Canada and everything. But I, I think that he just got a little overzealous maybe in this game. Like he was doing, I was mentioning that Julius had that midi to go to if you know so that he could avoid all that length from the Raptors and that's what helped him like I think RJ doesn't have that that he's as confident in yet so he was still trying to get all the way to the hoop like he normally does but he was getting it blown up in there um you know having you know going up and either just missing layups because of the the disturbance from all the length around him or like getting blocked or you know what have you it was it was just sort of a tough game for him cuz he doesn't really have that floater or a midi to go to to you know kind of mitigate when there's all these really tall defenders on the inside like he just kind of banks on being big strong and able to get all the way in there generate free throw attempts stuff like that so he didn't get a ton of that in this game but he kept the ball moving really well you know he ended up with six assists it was a really good game like for the big three uh as far as passing the ball and getting everybody else involved in this game so like i'm not super worried about it you know if it if he's doing other things to help the team win, then if the shot's not going down, but he's not like actively sinking the team just with his presence out there, then I'm fine with it. Um, I would say just like if these struggles go on for like a month, then maybe get back to me about potentially worrying here. But I mean, shooting streaks happen in the NBA. We certainly know that like of all players, RJ Barrett is not immune to streaky shooting. And maybe this kind of just is who he is at this point. But if it all evens out in the end and he's shooting around 40% from three for the year and he's, you know, averaging around 20 points per game, it, the Knicks have enough talent to absorb bad shooting nights from him. So then when he has the good shooting nights, it helps them out. So, you know, there's there's not a single player in the NBA that's immune to being streaky. RJ just kind of uh, is a little more streaky than most, which, you know, you'd love to see get remedied at some point in his career. But 
we're now in year five and that's just kind of how it is that's just the rj barrett experience at this point so i wish people would just stop overreacting anyway uh, i think that's it for this game so next game will be the in-season tournament on tuesday against milwaukee obviously we don't know what the rest of the next week is going to look like beyond that because it's going to be uh, they could potentially be playing for the in-season tournament championship by the end of the week, or they could be just playing a second regular season game and then getting a nice little break um, until they face, I believe, the Raptors again uh, once they get back from the whole in-season tournament experience. So we'll see how that all goes, see what the next week holds. But we'll be here for you guys 100% of that time as well as for some other shows in between. But uh, till then, thank you all for listening, and I'll talk to you all soon. Peace out, everybody.